there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. We love hearing him. That means it is Nebraska Preps postgame. And gosh, it's weird. It's almost like he just said that. That's Jacob and I'm old DB, affectionately dubbed JP. Um, gosh, life is good for you, right? I mean, the resident Phoenix Suns fan, you got a weekend of hoops, nice holiday weekend. I mean, uh, what's life like in the, in the day of JP? Yeah, about the, the only downside uh, is the fact that uh, – the playoffs are still going on. Suns are still playing, and I had practice last night, so <laughs> it was. Uh, it shows, shows how dedicated I am. You, could, I didn't you just couldn't call quite off. schedule around that, right? Uh, Were you tempted? I I don't have a, a high school gym like some of uh, my fellow coaches to kind of move Ball things back around. On. And yeah, I know somebody else uh, went early in the morning. I'm guessing they kind of uh, used a different gym. The OSA scheduling's a little tough, so I, I didn't even try. I was like, I'll I'll get home for the fourth quarter, at least part of it, and. See the end, and well, it was already over for the most part by then. Oh, so you missed all you missed Crowder trying to be do his best impersonation of I don't know Devin Booker or somebody like I. He was the only guy that I didn't understand how and why he played like that last night. But I was researching some stats about um, you know when he makes his first shot versus when he doesn't. Michael Severe was talking about that earlier this morning on the show, and I was thinking, gosh, I think there's something to that, right? He was the one guy that was kind of out of pocket. Well, the interesting thing was, like, he had been on the, the streaks where five games of shooting poorly, then five games of shooting the lights out, then five games of shooting poorly, and then it seemed in the last game of the series, all right, he's moving into the, the five games of shooting well again, and apparently that, that phase only lasted one game, but... Hey, he's still out there doing his thing on defense. Like even when he's not hitting his shots, he'll uh, he'll he'll provide some value. And at some point, he's going to have to hit some of the shots because I I know Milwaukee's going to probably adjust their defense. And if anybody's going to have to beat them, um, they're going to try to make it be guys like Crowder and Bridges. Yeah, if I hear drop coverage one more time, <laughs> I may lose my mind. It's like it's become the popular thing to talk about, and I'm just like, okay. Um, after we understand exactly what it is that it is and why they do what they do, then I think we should probably be a little, speak on a little more freely. But just to simply say you're getting killed and pick and roll and and can't defend ball screens is a little shallow for me. <laughs> just just a little. I mean, they, they won a lot of games under Mike Budenholzer without teams assassinating them from the two-point range like, Devin Booker and Chris Paul are capable of doing. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about the Suns. They're kind of uniquely um, equipped to uh, take apart that kind of coverage. And saw them kind of change the lineups. They went small for stretches. Um, Brooke Lopez didn't play as much as he did in the previous series. And um, that's going to kind of be the the thing that Boone Holzer is going to have to figure out. Like, all right, how how can we best 
do what we do while also not letting the sons do what they do. It's interesting, right? Because, and I I feel like the sons are the gift that keeps on giving because every, I've talked about this a ton and I think you're well aware of this. They defy or they, they go against positionless basketball. Well-defined rules, a one, a two, a three, a four, and a five, playing in primarily traditional roles. Say what you will about Crowder stretching you as a four, but for the most part, their roles are well-defined. Then you get guys like uh, the twin cams, um, and I say that in my random car reference, but Cam Johnson, who I'm very familiar with, and Cameron Payne, it's like, even when they come off the bench and they do what they do, the roles are so clear-cut. They're a thing of beauty sometimes when you're watching them on offense. That's the thing like about this team is it's so much fun to watch because of how close it's grown together, how, how good the chemistry is between all the guys. And even see him swapping in a guy here or there um, at, at kind of the tail end of the rotation. Uh, and whoever he puts in there goes out there and kind of Gives them something. Um, those guys are ready at the end of the bench, too. So um, hopefully Dario Saric injury isn't too bad. Uh, but if they're going to be without him, then it's going to be more Tory Craig. Maybe Frank Kaminsky gets a shot. Um, I hope <laughs> I hope it's more Tory Craig. Uh, but we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I should, I should go back during the regular season, pull up some of your old tweets about Kaminsky. I think <laughs> one night I remember laughing to myself where I think you said something to the effect of, why <laughs> it was that it, is it weird i remember because yeah. i just I, I don't know i just very few people are up when i'm up yeah. so it's like i just i remember that well uh, apparently frank kaminsky he, he thought that was a good idea he hasn't been as bad this year but the problem was that he was overexposed last year with eight in suspension and some of the injuries to baines and I just had to watch way too much Frank Kaminsky. So you kind of pick up on every little thing, like blown layup or not hitting the shot or again, toasted in the pick and roll. It's just like, do we not have a better option here? That's, that, that is kind of the one weakness on the team is that backup five position. It's crazy how it's kind of trickled down into the younger game as well at the high school level and even in college where you can see two-man games being played. It's very hard. I just watched our 15s play against Factory and – uh, you know, Factory had Jacob Rope, who, for all intents and purposes, was their best offensive option early in that game. He had a he had a quick six eight points, and I think he had either six out of the eight or eight out of the first ten. And it's like, gosh, this guy's going to be a handful. Well, the counter to that was they put him in two man games, right? They 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 have a set that they like to do, and it's uh it's basically pick and roll or pick and pop. And they ran Will Cooper to the corner, and Jacob is guarding Will. Will has probably five threes in the first nine minutes, and all of a sudden it's like you're in a dilemma. It, it's just interesting to see how we've talked about it with Rudy Gobert, right? A defensive player of the year. The Suns are built in such a way to take advantage of the two-man game, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, is Rudy Gobert good defense? Well, the Suns are uniquely equipped. He's still a really good defensive player. It's just people will find advantages and they'll figure out what they're willing to give up versus what they're willing to take advantage of. And, and the, the kind of the Gobert um, topic there and how people kind of hone in on him, 
The problem with that series wasn't necessarily Gobert. It was the fact that the perimeter guys were getting toasted from the start. Yeah, you allow and people then, to turn the yeah. corner. It's a wrap. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were not getting through screens at all. That's part of that's part of the drop coverage is the guard has to fight through and get yep. back in the play. Yep. Otherwise, it's going to be a wide open look. Your only other time. opportunity is to hedge, and yeah. I don't. I, so get, get through. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of a team wide problem when you get to. I guess series like that, and that's where the Suns with, with Aiton have been so good because they can play multiple coverages, and he's comfortable stepping out when he needs to. And if they're in the drop and they give up a couple of shots they don't want to, they can adjust, and he'll step out and hedge a little bit. He'll switch uh, if need be and kind of survive against guards um, as well as almost any big in the league. So, that, and that's kind of you look at the Suns is they have so many two way players like Mikael Bridges. Quiet, has been quiet for stretches this postseason. Had what fourteen point games or so, something like that last night. So, and obviously he's one of the best defenders in, in the series. So, where you look at Milwaukee and they've got PJ Tucker is kind of tough. Like for I, thought, I was really. having flashbacks of Mario Ellie last night. Old school seventeen shooting threes in the corner with his little push shot. <laughs> but gosh, if He's going to be wide open. If P.J. Tucker can make a three or two, gosh, it changes the way that Milwaukee can play. And he has to because he's not a great matchup, I don't think, for Booker or or, uh, Paul out there. So that means you have to put Middleton and Holiday on those guys. And then you're asking so much of them to be able to do that on offense and defense. It's the problem the Clippers ran into with Paul George. Um, They finally kind of figured some things out with – uh, Patrick Beverly, but then Beverly could only guard one of Booker or Paul and kind of took Booker and then Paul went to work. So Suns have so many guys that can play both ways. You come in Cam Johnson, he's, he straight up stopped uh, Giannis in the post one on one, one match. Now, you got that guy coming off the bench and hitting four threes or whatever. Sneaky athletic. Yeah. I've watched well, him. He's I've giant. Watched, I've like, watched that's... him quite a long time once he transferred from Pittsburgh. Uh, to North Carolina, and so very familiar. And I, you know what I always used to say about Cam? Don't limit yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, he, as we kind of transition into the high school game, and we saw it this weekend, I think of a guy, just the concept of limiting yourself, like P.J. Davis, right? This weekend, we saw the P.J. Davis that you and I were talking about a little bit, what he could be on the last pod, right? Yeah. Don't settle for three-point shots. You've got a good frame. You can get downhill. There were a few X factors in, in kind of the upset. I call it an upset a little bit of when the, the 17s uh, from OSA beat Supreme. Like, yeah. I, I I would consider that kind of an upset, and they did a good job of taking advantage of, adva- taking advantage of advantage mismatches yes <laughs> I and I think that was the game that uh most people are looking forward to um the, the I don't think the field was as strong this year I in agree. terms of the bracket play that the teams that were there to play for the championship OSA ended up beating um all Iowa attack in the, in the championship and Cole Glasgow had left so they didn't even have their best player um so and speaking of PJ uh, Davis at 25 in the um in the championship game, they, they were, it was a sluggish game. Um, and they came out in the second half and PJ was out of nowhere, banged three threes right in control or to right away to give them in control. And then they kind of cruised from there. He finished with 25, six of 12 from three after really slow start. He, he was like three for nine or something in the first half. It's and weird, right? It's with him. It's a shot selection. Yeah. If he settles, it's tough. 
If he does the dictating, they're a different team. Funny thing is, though, the one that got him going was a oh, transition the fo- the step one. back yeah. in the corner. And then the next time he looked off Josh Dix and hit another one, I was like, okay, he's feeling it now. I got, um, this, I got the sense, and I don't know what you thought, watching Josh over the weekend, fatigue. or oh. ma- He was laboring quite a bit down the stretch. And um, I was talking to one of his high school coaches, and he said, yeah, he gave everything he had in that Supreme game. And I thought he was the best player on the court without I, question. I didn't, I got, I completely agree. It was 11, nine. So I didn't get there for the entire game and been able to track the whole thing, but just kind of watching and seeing some of the plays he was making. And that's no slight to anybody on Supreme Isaac Trout and Jason Green are obviously very talented players. Jay Dawson is unbelievable as we talked about, but Josh was just playing at another level in that game. And you could tell like they weren't happy about the previous game where OSA was uh, shorthanded um, and Josh was coming off uh, the illness uh, and wasn't himself. That was uh, the game that we watched together at Kinetic. Yeah, right? so, yeah Supreme handled that. That, that um, It wasn't really competitive in the second half. Turn around this game and Chandler, uh, Chandler Meeks did not play for Supreme. So they weren't at full strength either. Neither, neither did Kuhn Kuhn. But um, he still, they had a lot of talented players. And OSA uh, kind of took control in the second half there and were up by 10 or so. Um, Supreme hit some ridiculous shots down the stretch to kind of extend the game, uh, try to give themselves a chance. But OSA did what they need to do to finish it off. And I think Josh had 20-something. Um, I said, just best player on the floor. Just some of the, And the kind of thing I tweet about this, the more I've watched him the last month and a little bit with OSA, and um, I think his passing is right up there among his best skills. Yeah. Um, it, finishing would probably be number one. He's so good, especially with the left hand. But the, his ability to off the dribble with one hand, put the ball exactly where it needs to be, right in the shooting pocket, cross court, through traffic, um, and then make the simple swing pass when it's there. Like, he is such a good passer. His, his feel for the game is uh, on so, such you, a high level. You rem- <clears throat> Excuse me. You remember the word that I used with him a couple of weeks ago that I think typifies his game. He's extremely efficient. He just makes good basketball plays. And the more times he touches the ball, yeah. the more good things that are going to happen. And he doesn't – I listen, I, I know, I, I hear it all the time when people watch him play. They want him to shoot more. Oh, he could be more dominant. He could be more assertive. He understands that, but he's still a guy whose personality lets the game come to him, and he just makes winning plays, right? Yeah. Like, eventually that will come. And he lets his other – Teammates, like in, uh, after that Supreme game, kind of the games uh, on Sunday, uh, even the bracket play, he, I think there was one game where he didn't attempt a shot in the second half because um, he didn't need to. He's like, all right, you guys go ahead. You guys, you go ahead and cook and kind of show what you can do. I'm good over here. Um, kept moving the ball and didn't, didn't play it. Like you said, he was kind of tired. So you got that guy's like PJ stepping up, like you mentioned, Rue at Bijak. Um, it was good to see him play with them. Rue is, is going to be... We may look back at this at the end of July and talk about his addition to that team. He changes them dramatically. Yeah, I'm going to look forward I, to see. I, I think they, he changes them dramatically. Yeah. What he looks like in a couple of weeks after kind of work off some of the rust and kind of get familiarized with some of those guys and see where they are the, kind of the last weekend of the season um, and how he's playing, I think it would be really uh, interesting to see kind of the progress he's able to make. I saw him play in June, kind of his first game back against Bellevue West. Uh, um, with West Des Moines Valley mm-hmm. uh, coming off the torn meniscus. So that, that's why he wasn't able to play in the spring. And, yeah, he's, especially with Denaire Dempsey um, um, kind of calling it good, uh, just playing in the spring. 
um, they needed somebody. Um, and Root uh, stepped in there and can really shoot the ball in the semis. He had, uh, was it 20, uh, 23 points on 10 of 14 shooting, three or four from three. Uh, he's really skilled as a big man, can hit some tough shots, um, and gives them a little bit of rim protection, just, uh, about 6'9 or so back there, um, which they needed. So he's going to be a key piece for them. You can, you can see that the pick and pop, the two-man game with him and Josh being really successful. Um, and, and watching him play, I can kind of see why Nebraska is interested. You can see some, some lat mayen in him. I, I think he's got a little bit more versatility and potential upside. But For sure, that especially kind of with putting it on the yeah. deck. But you're right. Like Overall, like you can kind of see a little bit of the blueprint. Yeah. Um, did it surprise you at all that the those OSA teams were able? I, I think there were one loss. There was one loss between the three teams. I don't think. No, I think they they swept the weekend. I thought the Price, six teams may. Oh, that's Price right. Price Stanford hit the, hit the game winner. winner. Yeah, so that yeah. was a, that was an yeah. undefeated weekend. Yep. Um, Eighteen and zero between the three Adidas teams. That's pretty impressive. Oh yeah. We talked about this kind of in passing, maybe about four or five pods ago. And I just had this conversation again with one of the local area high school coaches. I was sitting there talking with Coach Simons. And the difference in just eight, nine years, yeah. six, seven years, between Nebraska basketball and Iowa basketball. There was a time in which I felt like if one of the Nebraska teams could get a, a win or two, against some of uh, the elite AAU programs in Iowa, it was considered a good weekend. Now we're kind of getting to the point where it's it's a little lopsided. Yeah. And it's the pendulum has swung towards Nebraska. It's I'm floored. I, I didn't if you'd asked me seven, eight years ago would this be the case? <laughs> I told you you're crazy. Oh, and you're starting to see kids from Iowa come over to play for <laughs> which is uh, different. Nebraska it used teams. to be the other way yeah. around. Remember those days? Yeah, exactly. Our, barnstormers. They had guys going over there. Ed Chang, and um, so yeah, because Price Sanford that was a big game for the 16s. Uh, they back and forth, like you know, uh, Kingdom Hoops Elite was the team he came to OSA from. Yep, and they had him uh, pulled ahead. I think 3.8 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got, like how about the conception of the play though. With the inbounds, the Push. local – I mean, yeah. that was that was yeah. pretty good. But yeah, they inbounded uh, jo- Josiah Dotzler near half court. He pushed it ahead, dished it out to Sanford in the corner, and buried it. Knew right where he wanted yep. to go with it, too. I thought that that was – you know, I got to ask Coach King. I said, hey, is that the way you drew it up? But <laughs> it looked like that was the plan. Yeah. And <laughs> – couldn't have drawn up a better story to have Sanford be the guy that, that hit that shot. I know he had to be uh, stoked about that one. But it's super kid, too. We were in the concession lines, and and uh, they didn't have exact change, right? They didn't have any ones. And so I said, hey, you know what? Let's just do it this way, and I'll take care of it. And, yeah, he's looking at me like, God, why you, you, know, you don't have to be nice to me. You know, <laughs> but I'm, I, in my head, I'm just thinking, you know what? I just appreciate the fact, because he's skilled. Sanford is he's highly skilled. Don't get me wrong. His number one attribute, he competes. Yeah. He flat out competes. And it doesn't matter what what's on the clock or what the score is, he plays the same. And I think he has an understanding that if he just does that, ninety percent of his competitors will wilt. And he I, I just I think that's how he plays. I, I think it's I think he embraces that. He is a comp- 
competitive son of a gun. Yeah. And, and that's good to have on that team. It'll drive guys like Connor Milliken, who's kind of the same way. He's going to go hard no matter what. How about it's, his night the night before? Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, they, it's very good team. You got any of those guys that are capable of going off for 20, 30 in any game. And we, we now, maybe we now have seen kind of the Tate Oddbody. He's kind of starting to get his rhythm. Yeah, and I think what uh, all four of those is uh, Josiah Dotsler, Connor Milliken, Tate Advati, and Price Sanford at different different points this weekend were their best player. Exactly. I yeah. Right. I I'm in com- I'm in complete agreement with that. And that's what we talked about. The key with this team is them playing to the hot hand, them sharing the ball, being okay with, all right, this is his game. Yeah, go because they give up it. a little bit defensively. Yeah. Right? They're, they're with, not going to go out and get stops. Especially with Brendan Clemens Jr. Um, not Still able to. Nagging uh, Yeah, kind of. Because um, he wasn't able to play. So you've got Jake Brack stepping in there, and Maul Jaw is kind of your backup big. So a little bit smaller. You don't quite have the, the rim protection. But, um, yeah, it's going to be tough to, to score with those guys. And they uh, they beat. OSA Lindbergh um, in the in the championship game, and that I thought Lindbergh played pretty well. They the, competed. I think they maximized. They, there just wasn't a lot they could do to stop some of this this stuff offensively. Some of the buckets um, that uh, Adidas was getting, just because those guys are that good. Josiah had twenty three, five assists, five boards. Um, I think the other the three we mentioned all the, double the, digits. The, the, the key little poke away that Josiah had, he just kind of timely with his hands and the passing lane and you allow that team that so that's kind of the thing right and this is the way that I think about not to go back to the Suns but you know people wonder hey you know how can we do this for Middleton or how can we do this you know and, and worry about Drew Holiday handling the ball more you know what you play better defense on the front end you get easier buckets right much like with the 16s if they do their work early on the defensive end, you don't have to worry about so much defending the post or needing a rim protector because they have the ability to make it difficult on guards, yeah. on any ball handlers. They, they, they've got good wing defenders. They can pressure you in the backcourt. And then they get to get out and do what they do, and they can flat out score the rock. Uh, and I think that the 15s, no, no team kind of uh, – Exemplifies yeah, that yeah. quite like the 15s who won the championship. I didn't get to see that game because I was coaching at the same time, but um, they were really impressed. We talked about the game against Supreme, the showcase on Saturday. Um, they're really impressive in that game. Had uh, a few different guys playing. Well, I saw them play a few times. Stubblefield, so they, Cooper, they, Mosser, uh, different stretches, different guys stepped up, scored 15, 18 points. Um, they, they, so I, I, I think, I think for Coach Mitchell, they're giving up too many points. He always wants yeah. to do it on the defensive, and I, he never wants to give up 80. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you, you play against some of these national caliber teams that they played against. You never want to see 80. Yeah. Um, uh, but at one point, you know, there's there's four minute there's four minutes and some change to play. They're up 16, and they've only given up 60 points. Yeah. And then all you know, you get you get some threes. Atlanta yeah, Pekorski yeah. got hot, hit some and ones. Elijah Gaith uh, hit a couple of threes. That's exactly what happened. And, yeah. and it's like you know, it's there's there's less than three or four minutes to go. You don't want to give up those buckets. Uh, that's what happened the first time up in Lincoln. Where, oh yeah. Um, they, they had relaxed. control, and then. Uh, Pekorski got hot. Jake Hilkeman made some big plays on the stretch, and they made the push and got all the way back in it. They need to figure out because I've obviously yeah. seen them a ton, right? We that's supposed to be the matchup, whatever. They've got to figure out a way to utilize Hilkeman a little bit more. 
he's the one guy, in my opinion, that's a little bit different from the others. They found a way to neutralize Pekorski. They're going to force him to dribble. They'll pressure him. Eli, this was his first game healthy. Quan hasn't been as good of a shooter. Hilkeman is the guy that can deal them fits. And the other guy that I put in that discussion is the most improved, not the best, but the most improved that's in that Kevin Stubblefield discussion. Turner has gotten much, much better. I was impressed with him. Turner is... He kept them in it. Oh, he was the one that, yeah, he got off to a great start. He was the only one going at the start of that game. So here's my favorite thing about him. And I said this about him for, uh, we talked about him on our morning show. This this goes back a couple of years, right? Because they're in the same age, obviously, as, as, as my kiddo. And, again, his best attribute, he competes. Eldon, he is fearless. He does, He couldn't give one iota yeah. about what's going on around him. That guy competes. And as small as he the is. The only guy that would yeah. get downhill. I was going to say, as small as he is, he goes to the rim hard and he's got really good body control, hits some tough shots with some contact, um, kind of crafty as a finisher, can shoot a little bit too, um, put the ball on the deck. So I, he, he's definitely, like you said, from where I saw him that first weekend exactly. up in Kinetic to that game, Completely different player. And he I think he got some really good experience in June playing with Bellevue West. And I'm telling you, I, 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 I'd let you see. I'll just take Caleb, for instance, right? A guy that I think a, is a pretty good defender. Yeah. Let's just say that, right? I'm telling you, you ask him, he much rather, he prefers to guard a guy like Landon Pekorski than he does Turner. Turner deals in fits, even though Caleb is a quick, strong Yeah. Guard, Turner's a handful for him. It's like it's it's because he commits to doing it. He's not he doesn't back down. Yeah. He I was pretty impressed with him the whole weekend. Yeah. Now he's still gotta find a way to get it in neutral. Sometimes <laughs> neutral's good for him. Yeah. He's usually in overdrive. But that can come, especially with a guy like Coach Woodard and that staff yeah. over there. And they'll figure that out. Yeah, playing at different speeds is something that doesn't necessarily hey. come easily. You got it's kind of experience thing, um, continuing to improve type of thing that'll come. You know what's interesting about that? Those guards that can do it, it's almost unstoppable. Well, Josiah Dosser has kind of made that mastered leap. That's it. when he got mastered kind of it. Took the leap to the next level. Uh, Chris Paul, yeah, mastered it. The ability to just change tempos, yeah. right? That's like. Because it's you can't really – it's just hard to defend. When you can go by and you can kind of throttle it down, it, it just makes you different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the three – OSA obviously to, uh, swept the championships. The Kingdom Hoops Elite and All-Iowa Tech and the Nebraska Supreme were kind of the, the showcase pool teams in, in the field this year. And Supreme wasn't in the bracket. They just played the two showcase games. So – that was kind of the, the top-tier competition. Then you had the uh, Lincoln Supreme national teams. You had the OSA national teams. You had a few others, um, like the, the Nebraska United, formerly 402 Chaos. Um, so it's some really good teams. Uh, I think the semis, uh, quarterfinals, some of those were some really good matchups. I just want to shout out two guys in particular. The best probably two performances I saw this weekend, um, outside of kind of uh, Josh Dix against Supreme, was uh, Alec Wilkins from Gretna. 
yeah. playing for OSA National Crouch. I agree. He uh, <laughs> he was unbelievable. I was on the bench for that game uh, against Kingdom Hoops Elite, so that's their top team. He dropped 35 points on 15 of 22, 15 of 20 shooting, five of eight from three, with 14 rebounds. Like the 15 year, he just was unstoppable. And then Blake Sindelar from Howell's Dodge, yeah. uh, playing for the Norfolk uh, good, D-League good, team. Good, good call by on your part. Kingdom Hoops Navy, so their second team at the 17U level. He uh, 26 points, I think, in the second half. Finished I kind of liked a couple of those guys from D-League. Yeah. He, Sindelar is a guy I've seen a, a few times. He is. You cannot let him get in transition. He gets in the open court, it's over. You cannot stop him. And that's they played OSA I said, Yeah, that's, why, in the that's where I saw him. And... They only let him get in the tra- uh, in transition a couple of times. They were both buckets, but that that's a key. But if he gets in the open field, it's over. And he was incredible in that game. They couldn't do anything to, to slow him down. 34 points, six rebounds, five assists, five steals. How about that stat line? He's, he's unbelievable. So those were probably the two single best performances I saw this weekend. But overall, it was a lot of fun to watch. I was glad to be there. Yep, that's what makes him the one of the best in the business. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. We still got Class B top five, six rankings coming up next week now. (laughs) We'll recap what happens in Birmingham. We'll have a ton of fun. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm Damon Benning. Back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. A Huda Media Production.